The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Hey everybody, good morning. Good morning, welcome to Coastal Community Church. I'm Pastor Chris, Uh, great to have you with us today. Christmas is all about uh, the presence of Jesus. Uh, Not presence uh, with a T, but his presence. Uh, It's all about Jesus. Before this morning, though, that we start talking about the presence of Christ, I do want uh, for just a moment to talk about Christmas presents. Raise your hand if you and your family have had to make uh, certain rules concerning uh, presents during this time of the year because of the sneakiness and the sinful nature of your children. Raise your hand. Anybody? I mean, that's kind of a... Are we the only family that had to do that growing up? No. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm sure maybe not really like set in stone rules, but surely there's some kind of unwritten rules, you know, unspoken, uh, like, you know, you're not supposed to pick up or shake a wrapped present. Like, that's a common rule, right? No, one, no one's supposed to do that. Uh, maybe there's certain places you've already broken all those. Look at that. You're laughing because you have already broken that rule, haven't you? Okay, but there's certain places around your home that are supposed to be off limits, right, for the kids. And uh, if they go there, or if they go or look for presents or find presents, what's supposed to not happen? Santa does not come to your house, okay, come on. We, we let that happen one time and it never happened again. No, I'm just saying, it didn't, we, didn't, we didn't do that. Um, or like this, this is, surely this is another rule at your house. After a certain date, you're not allowed to buy anything for yourself, especially like mom or dad. Like, I don't care how bad, dad, you need socks, okay? After December the whatever, you know, you're not allowed to buy anything. Uh, This is maybe now, this is probably a more common rule. Children are not allowed to go on their parents' computer and check history or or email. You're laughing again. These are evil kids up here on the front row. Uh, No, no. well, let me ask you a question. Let's just, let's just lay all the cards on the table. How many of you will admit to uh, finding or even opening your Christmas presents before Christmas? Anybody admit to, wow, that's a, that a lot more than the first service. These are the real sinners here in the second service. Okay, well, uh, well, truthfully, as your pastor, I need to confess that I actually did that one year. Now, let me... Let me tell you how it went down. Maybe give you some suggestions of things to do and things not to do. Um, I found the sharpest knife that I could find. And, uh, and of course, at this time, you know, underneath the tree, we put presents with people's names on them. Now, that's a, that's a kind of a suggestion now you might want to take into account now. Don't put kids' names on presents under the tree because they're going to do what I did, okay? Or anyway, or they're going to shake them or whatever. So don't do that. You might just have to keep a little you know, thing on the side where you know whose present is whose. But so I get the sharpest knife I could find and I, I wait until the afternoon, nobody's around and I pull out all my presents with my name on it and it just is with just the, all the precision, you know, and care that I could muster. I, I very carefully cut the tape on all of my presents and then very carefully unwrapped everything and then opened up all of my presents and looked at them and checked them out and then, you know, folded them or whatever, put them back into the box. And then with all the care, you know, I got the tape just exact and just so and put everything back. However, 
I mean, here's what I learned because here really is, this is the truth. It really ruined Christmas for me because Christmas, I mean, it's not, Christmas obviously is not all about presents, but there is something about, you know, the surprise of Christmas, right? And it kind of, truthfully, we're all going around opening up our presents like, okay, this is great. I saw this two weeks ago, you know, or, and then you got to pretend and act like you're surprised. Wow. You know? And uh, so it kind of ruined it, took all the fun, all the surprise out of it. Um, And then what made it worse? This is no lie. I opened up one present and I, it just caught me off guard and I wasn't thinking and I pulled out the knife that I had used. I literally had somehow forgotten and, and just wrapped the knife back up in one of the presents. And so, so I really learned a lesson that year and uh, never did that again. Uh, well, we're in a series, uh, not about presents with a T, but again, the presence of Jesus and uh, discovering what it means to, to live in his presence and uh, you know, who he is and, and what a difference his, his true presence can make in our lives. And to do that, we're looking at a very popular uh, verse of scripture during this time of the year. In fact, many times you'll find it uh, on, on the front of a Christmas card or inside of a, uh, inside of a Christmas card. It's Isaiah chapter nine, verse six. Follow along as I read. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now, last week we talked about how Jesus is our Wonderful Counselor, how Jesus wants to give you guidance and direction for your life, and what he's looking for. In fact, Jesus came for those who recognize that they're in need of help. He came for, for the sick. He, he, he came for those who are humble enough to realize that they need direction in their life. They need help in their life. And so that's kind of the starting point of, of a relationship with the wonderful counselor, recognizing that you need him. And then coming to him and being brutally honest, listening to what he has to say, and then doing what the counselor tells you to do. And so we talked about that last week. Today, I want us to talk about Jesus as our mighty God. Let me ask you, have you ever seen something in in creation? And upon seeing it, I mean, it just blew you away. And and it it drew you to, to worship the creator. I mean, you couldn't help. It's almost like you saw this, this scene or this thing in nature or in creation, and, and upon seeing it, it you, you saw the handiwork of God. You saw God's fingerprints all over it, and it just drew you in to worship. Maybe for you, those moments are you know, as simple as a sunset, uh, an early morning sunset over the Ashley Rivers. You're going over one of the bridges or, or in a boat and, and up one of the rivers and just seeing that sunset. Maybe for you, it's a, it's a clear, starry night uh, out at Folly Beach. Or maybe you have, you're somebody here today, and man, you've skied down the Colorado Rockies or you've gotten drenched uh, at the Niagara Falls. You, you have seen or experienced something in creation that has moved you to worship the creator. And I love how here at Coastal, we have a lot of photographers and, and I love to see all the pictures of, of things here locally and, and abroad where uh, you've taken pictures of, of things just like that. Uh, this past May in my own life, uh, you know, I took my daughter Lydia on a cross-country road trip uh, to take her out to Los Angeles. And uh, one of the highlights of the trip 
was definitely getting to see the Grand Canyon. Raise your hand if you've, if you've seen the Grand Canyon, been there personally and seen it. Okay, quite a few of you. Um, the Grand Canyon for me is one of those places now that lives up to the hype. I mean, it really does. You, I, I can remember as, as you approach the rim, all of a sudden it, like, it just explodes uh, into view. And you stand there staring at just a piece of it. You know, this is just a small portion of it. And you find yourself wondering, like, man, is this real? I mean, the longer you stand at it, you're going, or is this a giant green screen and we're at Epcot somewhere and this is all fake? In fact, show this picture. This is a picture of uh, my daughter uh, and I. I mean, look at that behind behind us. I mean, it's like, what a picture. And you're thinking, man, is this real? Or is this God? And for me, you know, I couldn't help but worship the creator of the universe, the mighty outstretched arm of God who created all of this and yet he cares, you know, for me. And he knows the details of my life. Uh, my mind was brought to scripture, uh, Jeremiah thirty-two seventeen, And uh, it's a verse of scripture that talks about just how mighty and great God is. And one of the reasons I like this verse uh, is because it starts with the word ah, A-H, ah. In Hebrew, the word ah means a, a painful groan. It's like, ah, <laughs> okay? So say it with me, ah. Okay, say it like you're in real pain, okay? Real, real pain. Here we go, ah. I know some of you have had babies recently. You're like, yeah, I can, I can say ah, okay. Um, well, that's how he starts this verse. And it says, ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. What's too hard for God? Nothing. Nothing. Maybe you came to church today and this is what you needed to hear. You're going through some problems right now. And uh, maybe your marriage is a mess. Let me tell you something. Nothing is too hard for God. Maybe you lost your job or your business is going under and you don't know where to turn. No matter how bad it looks, let me tell you, nothing is too hard for God. Maybe the doctor gave you some information about an illness. Let me tell you, Nothing is too hard for God. Jesus is the mighty God. He is all powerful. He is all mighty. You know, in Latin, the word for all is uh, omni. And uh, it's a descriptive word for, you know, for Jesus being the almighty God. We would say he is omnipotent. He is all powerful. God can do anything. There is nothing that's too hard for God. Here's a few other characteristics of God. God is omniscient. That means God knows everything. He is all-knowing. Not only is he all-powerful, he's all-knowing. He actually knows your thoughts. That's a scary thought, isn't it? That God knows your thoughts. Some of you are, are, are afraid right now because all, all morning long already, you've been thinking about where you're going out to lunch after the service. And uh, so you're busted now. God knows you know, what you've been thinking. Um, he is also omnipresent. 
He's everywhere. Isn't that amazing? I mean, no matter where you go, God's presence is with you. He is everywhere all the time. He is omnipresent. So think about that. He is omnipotent. He is omniscient. He is omnipresent. Jesus, our mighty God, he is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present. Maybe today you know that up here. You really do. You know it in your head, but you find yourself doubting in your heart. And today, you know, you look out into the world, a world that is full of pain and suffering and upheaval, and you're thinking, God, you know, where is your power? Where is your presence in the world? And then the truth is, you really don't have to look that far. You know, you don't have to watch the news. You look at your own life and and it's as though you pray, you pray, and you pray, and you're thinking, God, where is it? Where is your power? Where is your presence? Maybe you're in a real tough relationship right now and it's Christmas and it seems like it's just making it worse because there's no reconciliation and there's more problems and you're thinking, God, where are you? Or maybe you've had a dream for something to happen and it just hasn't happened yet. God, where is your power? Well, today I want to take you on a journey through God's word because let me tell you something. Jesus' power is real. He is the mighty counselor. He is the mighty God. The first spiritual truth, if you're taking notes, is that Jesus' power is at work in you. That's where it starts. His power is at work in you in you. One of my favorite verses of scripture is Philippians 2:13. It says, "For God is working where in you. in you, giving you the desire to obey him and the what? The power to do what pleases him. What pleases him? God's at work in you. Now maybe when you first became a Christian, you were mistakenly under the impression that it was about what pleases you. You know, that the whole Christian life is about you, that God's gonna make your life easy and all your problems are gonna go away and and then you're gonna live the American dream and, and then retire one day, kick back, and live on a beach somewhere. Somehow, you have confused the American dream with the real adventure of following Jesus. And I've said this a million times if I've said it one time. God is not so concerned with your comfort as he is concerned with your what? Your character, your character. God's power is not about making our lives easy. The the scripture says here, God's power works in me. The Bible says to change me, to change you from the inside out. It's to take you and I from being selfish and self-centered into people who are a little bit more like Jesus, who are filled with love and compassion and patience and peace and gentleness and self-control. Remember the very first line of Rick Warren's book, The Purpose Driven Life? It's not about you. Now maybe you're still looking to see God's power and you think everybody else gets the breaks, you know, because somebody at work, they got the promotion and and you got passed over and you feel like you're the, you know, you're the elf on the shelf that you forgot about, right? Um, And and nothing seems to be happening in your life and you, you find yourself asking, where is God's power? Well, one reason you might not be seeing it is because you're still focusing on his power being about you and solving your problems and not about changing you from the inside out. 
the mighty hand of God, the, Jesus, the mighty God is working in you to allow you to become a little bit more like Jesus. Number two, Jesus' power is working, is at work for you. But let me explain how and why. Jesus' power is at work for you. So it's at work in you, and yes, it is at work for you. Isaiah 40, uh, verses 29 through 31 says this. He gives strength to the weary and increases the what? The power of who? The, the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary. Now, the word youth here in Hebrew is a word that means Olympic athlete, like the best of the best. He's saying, hey, listen, even the best athletes get tired and grow weary. Kind of like, how many of you saw that picture of me slam dunking the ball, the basketball? You saw that on Facebook, Instagram. And like, when I got home, my wife was asking me all these questions about like ladder, like scaffolding. I was like, what are these things you speak of? I jumped. <laughs> okay, but even, even young men, even youths uh, grow weary. Um, he says, he goes on to say, young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their what? Their strength. So you hear all that here about strength and power, but what's interesting is that it's all enabled, it's all, you know, it all gets started up when we recognize that we are weak. Maybe this hits home for you today. I mean, you're just flat worn out. Christmas has done nothing but make it worse. You know, you got problems, you're tired, you're weary. You know, it, it, it took everything in you just to get to church today and to get those selfish brats in the car, right? Um, some of you laughed a little too quickly on that one. Um, but here's, listen, here's the good news. You see, it's, it's then. God gives strength to the weary, to the weak. When you're at your lowest point, when you're on your knees before God, you're just staring at the ground thinking, where am I gonna go from here? When you're at your weakest, when you're at your lowest, Jesus' power comes in and will work for you. One of my heroes of the faith uh, has gotta be the Apostle Paul. And you know, he, he wrote much of the New Testament. Um, it's just a, a church planter, evangelist. Uh, but apparently, this great, great man of the faith, this great spiritual giant uh, had a weakness. Uh, had an issue, had a problem. He refers to it in scripture as his thorn in the flesh. Some sort of handicap, some sort of problem. So much so that this spiritual giant asked God to take it away from him. You know, we're really not sure what it is. You can read a lot of people's opinions. But whatever it is, it's so cumbersome and bothersome that he says he, he prayed three times you know, for God to take it away. I mean, he is like knocking on God's door. Please, God, remove this from me. And then God responds in 2 Corinthians 12, and he says to Paul, listen to this. No, my grace is all you need. My, what, say it out loud with me. My power works best in weakness. And then Paul Replies, and it's almost like he comes to his senses and he, he gets it and he says, okay, so now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the, what? Power of Christ can work through me. 
And then he goes on to say something very interesting. He says, okay, that's why I can still take pleasure. I can still have joy, in other words, is what he's saying, in my weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, and the trouble that I suffer for Christ. Did you hear that? I can take pleasure in all that. And then listen to this, because he says, for when I'm weak, that's when I'm strong. So here's Paul, one of the greatest men who ever lived on the earth, and this is what he brings it all down to. He says, for when I am weak, that's when I'm made strong through the power of Christ. You see, Christ's power is real. He is the mighty God. But he wants to work in you, first of all, to change you from the inside out, to help you to become a little bit more like Christ. And then he wants to work for you when you're at your weakest. Not when you're the best or you know, everything's going great, because that's when you get the glory. But when you're weak, then he can be strong. And then finally, number three, the third principle I want you to see today is that Jesus' power is at work through me when I share the gospel. He does work through me as power. If you're a follower of Jesus, listen, you are a missionary. We say that a lot here at Coastal. We talk about that in our membership class. You're a missionary. You're a minister. This is not your home. You are just passing through. And so whether, whether you're a stay-at-home at mom or you're a teacher or you're, you're on your own business or you're an employee or you're a doctor or a hairdresser, whatever you do, it doesn't matter. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are on a mission. And that mission is to share the good news of the gospel in the places and with the people that Jesus has put in your life. Your mission is to share Jesus, the good news of Jesus in the places and with the people that Jesus has put in your life. Acts 20, 24 talks about uh, our, our mission. Listen to this. He says, but my life is worth nothing unless I use it for doing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about God's wonderful kindness and love. That's our mission. But listen to me this morning. You are not alone in completing that mission. You see, it's when you share the good news. It's when you invite someone. It's when you build a redemptive relationship. It's when you are the, the hands and the feet of Jesus in our community, loving and serving. That's when the power of Jesus is available through you if you'll just step out and share. In fact, listen to these verses, how closely the power of God and completing our mission is connected. Acts 1.8 says this, but when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will receive what? Power. You will receive power and you will tell people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Power will come and you will tell everybody. The power of God and telling people and sharing Jesus with people are intertwined. They're connected. So if you want to experience the power of God in a real significant way in your life, it's very simple. Tell people about Jesus. Share your story, share your faith. And then we all know this one, Matthew 28, 18 and 20. We know this is the Great Commission. It says, Jesus came and told his disciples, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Sounds like a lot like what to me? Power. 
I've got the power. Therefore, go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. To me, those are four of the most powerful words in the entire Bible. Jesus saying this, I am with you. I am with you. Jesus starts out and listen, all authority, all power has been given to me and now I send you and you need to know you have my authority. So the power of Jesus is real. His power is working in us to make us more like Jesus. His power is working for us when we're weak. That's when we can be strong. And his power is working through us as we share our faith. I love how the Apostle Paul uh, describes his, his preaching and teaching ministry uh, to one of the churches that he writes these letters to in the New Testament, uh, specifically to the Corinthian church. First uh, Corinthians chapter two, he says this. He says, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. Let me stop there for a second. That, that's my heart today. Listen, don't ever be impressed with Pastor Chris, okay? There is nothing impressive up here. It's not about me. It's not about my personality. It is about Jesus, plain and simple. He says, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's what? Power. Power. So that your faith would not rest on men's wisdoms, men's wisdom, but on God's what? power. Listen to me. There, there is no reason why I should be standing before you today except for the power of Christ. You know, I, I stand up here not as anybody special. I am as ordinary, ordinary as they come. I just love Jesus. And today that might be you. You're ordinary. But just like me, man, something extraordinary happens when the power of Christ comes and works in you and through you and for you. You know, Jesus, 2,000 years ago, basically chose these 12 ordinary people. I mean, fishermen, tax collectors, really a bunch of guys that for the most part didn't have a whole lot going for them in the world's eyes. I mean, they weren't the spiritual elite. They weren't Pharisees or Sadducees. They weren't uh, leaders on the fast track to success. And yet Jesus took those 12 ordinary guys and when the power of Jesus worked through them, they did extraordinary things. And the Bible talks about how they changed the world. And they did, they changed the history of the world. I love how Acts 4.13 puts it. It says this, listen to these words. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and, and realized that basically they were just unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. 
In other words, there was nothing special about these guys. And yet when they saw their courage and their, their bravery and what, you know, the miracles and the, and the people who were following and their message and what they were doing, there, there was nothing else they could come up with except they had been with Jesus. Now, Coastal, follow me for a second. I really believe we are a bunch of ordinary people here. In fact, the actual word in Greek here for ordinary, you ready for this? Idiote. <laughs> Seriously, idiote. It means layman, one who's not an expert, commoner in contrast to you know, professionals or people who set them up, uh, themselves up above others. Idiote. Sounds a lot like what English word today? Idiot. Idiot. I mean, come on, say it. Idiot. Idiot. You know, I love this. Think about this. I'm an idiot. You are an idiot. You know, I'm the idiot pastor full of a bunch of idiots. You know, the idiot church. And one of the reasons why I love Coastal Community Church is because we are a bunch of ordinary people. But we've been with Jesus. But we've been with Jesus. And he is changing us. The wonderful counselor, the mighty God. He is changing us from the inside out, helping us to become a little bit more like Christ. And when we are at our lowest, we're seeing his power do something mighty and great. And more and more people are sharing their story and sharing their faith. And we're seeing that power through us. We're just ordinary people who have been with Jesus. Listen, what is the gospel? You know, that's when we see the power of God through us when we share the good news of the gospel. Here's the gospel. You and I are sinners, and it's our sin, our failures, our mistakes that is separating us from God. And no attempt on our own is gonna bridge that gap. You can't be good enough to reach a holy and a perfect God. But God's love for you is so great that he was willing to sacrifice his one and only son, Jesus, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, and send him to earth that as a baby, but that he might grow and become a man and live a perfect life. He would be tempted in every way that we are and yet without sin so that he could be that one and only true sacrifice. And he went to a cross, beaten beyond recognition, took on a beating, much of which you and I could hardly comprehend. And he was killed on a cross and he was laid in a tomb. But three days later, he rose from the dead. And it was witnessed by hundreds of people recorded in history. He was alive. And if you and I will put our faith in Jesus and what he did for us on that cross and through his resurrection, we can have the mighty power of God working in us and for us and through us. We can have a hope of a home in heaven for all eternity and be adopted into his forever family. That's the good news of the gospel. And when ordinary idiot people like me share that with the world around us, God does amazing things. 
You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.